Howdy folks, welcome to Lords of Order episode 110. Lords of Order is a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast, and I am your host, Ed Moore. And there will be spoilers. Teal Productions on Twitter, T-E-A-L, is where you can find me. Lords of Order has pages on Google Plus and Facebook. The Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com is the email address, and bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website. Now, our story comes from More Fun Comics issue 97, the 1936 volume of More Fun Comics, which is the May June 1944 issue. It has been scripted by Joe Samashin, penned and inked by John Chester Kozlak. It's entitled Pharaoh's Lamp. Interestingly enough, that's where Dr. Fate gets his powers, is from ancient Egypt as well. And it can be found reprinted in the it can be found reprinted. Yeah, that sounds better. In the Golden Age Dr. Fate archives that DC put out in 2007. Nice hardback uh, book of all of the more fun comics appearances for Dr. Fate. All right. The narrator asks us. Can a curse of ancient Egypt exert its baleful influence on modern man? Can bad luck centered about a precious object persist with evil intensity throughout the ages? Opinions differ, but the fantastic figure of Dr. Fate stakes his life on the correctness of his own surprising judgment as he follows the glowing trail of Pharaoh's lamp. And uh, those little narration pieces are always part of a half-page splash panel, I guess. And this one shows a gentleman in green who was formerly holding a, like a genie's lamp, which is being jerked out of his hands by a gentleman in a purple suit with a green tie, a full moon in a house kind of in the background and a nice family-ish kind of tree off to the side a little bit with Dr. Fate and his half helm, no cape flying down towards mm, probably the dude in purple, who kind of looks like he stole the lamp from the dude in green. We open the story with, uh, no danger seems to threaten, no peril is at hand, but at one stroke, a quiet little man is acquiring a reputation for great courage. So Mr. Dane has a genie lamp, and he just sold it. It's not a genie lamp, excuse me. It looks like the traditional genie's lamp, but it's ancient Egyptian from a pharaoh's tomb. Mr. Dane has it. He got it from a pharaoh's tomb. It has brought him nothing but bad luck, he says, so he is selling it to Mr. Tupper. Once Mr. Tupper acquires it, he says that uh, when he's asked if he's scared, you know, about having this uh, evilly powered lamp, you know, that brings bad luck. He says, not at all, gentlemen. I don't believe any man's curse can bring bad luck. So we move on in the story here, and we see that Tupper uh, is kind of giving him some grief for buying the lamp. You know, yeah, anyways, giving him grief for buying the lamp. Uh, And I, I thought, well, here, you know, take it back and give me my money instead of browbeating me about it. A little later, we have a group of toughs here in a rather run-down-looking room reading the paper. And the one reading the paper says, Talking about being a sap, boss. Here's a guy what's sticking his neck out to buy something that'll bring him bad luck. And the boss says, Bad luck? There ain't no such thing. Let me have that paper. 
Boys, that lamp's worth dough. I think we'd better pay Mr. Tupper a visit after supper. One of his uh, henchmen says, but boss, then we'll have all the bad luck. And he slaps him, literally, with, with a resounding slap. Pipe down, sap. Didn't I tell you that bad luck's only a superstition? If you don't believe in it, it can't hurt you. Dr. Fate is flying around, thinking about the fact that he has heard about this um, lamp, you know, changing hands and the history of the lamp. And he decides, well, you know, he'll go see the lamp himself and goes to Mr. Tupper's residence to inquire after the lamp from Mr. Tupper. Well, as he's outside, he sees these ne'er-do-wells enter the house, uh, and he flies in through the window, Dr. Fate does, and one of the henchmen says, look, boss, Dr. Fate, I told you we'd have bad, and before he can finish, the boss says, shut up, chump, the only guy who's had bad luck so far is Tupper, and I forgot, um, Hairless Harry is the leader, uh, he's He's bald, wearing a purple suit and a green tie. So he is the purple-suited dude from the splash panel. Dr. Fate rushes up to him and says, It's a good thing you said so far, chum. And he punches him. And then he picks up the first ne'er-do-well and throws him at Hairless Harry. And as he's running to finish, Tupper wakes up, who is the gentleman in the green suit, now we see, from the splash panel. Uh, Tupper wakes up and his fate is running past him to subdue the bad guys. Tupper tackles fate, not really realizing who or what he's doing. He's he's only semi-conscious, not paying full attention or, or unable to pay full attention. And he trips him up. And because of that, Hairless Harry is able to escape. As he tells one of his henchmen, out of my way, sap, I'm the boss here. I go first. But oddly enough, we see in silhouette outside the window in the yard is another figure who I assume is another one of the henchmen that has gotten away. So really, Hairless Harry is not the first out. He's at least the second out. But because of that delay, fate is able to regain himself and he catches this bad guy, hands him off to the police um, somewhere. I'm not sure where the police are. I guess maybe they turned up at Tupper's house. But Fate flies off following the car, and he gets the car to stop by by hovering down in front of the windshield in front of the car. But Hairless Harry throws the lamp out and hits Fate in the head and kind of knocks him for a loop, giving Harry and his henchman, henchman uh, the opportunity to get out of the car and try to escape. But they decide no, because Fate is kind of out of it right now will hop back in the car and try to run him over with the car. Uh, the, whole, the whole thing just doesn't make sense. Why get out of the car, first of all? Why decide to run him over, second of all? Why get back in the car once you have got out of the car? Rather than run him over, why don't you just go? Just zoom. But there wouldn't be a story in all of that, would there? So they try to run over Dr. Fate, but he is about himself enough that he throws himself out of the way. And the car zooms past, and then the Harry and the henchmen are, are sitting there in the car thinking, wow, he disappeared. I wonder where he went. And we, our, our illustrator narrator backs up, and we see and are told, very baffling indeed, but not in the least magical, if one understands that the hand is quicker than the eye. 
And fate says, and I don't know why he says it out loud, why it's not a thought bubble, but he says, lucky I grabbed the mudguard as they went past. I had just enough strength to fly up here, but now the rush of air is reviving me completely. So Harry and his henchmen are talking inside, and then outside of the driver's window, you see fate, his, his head come down, right? So that his head is visible in the driver's side window. And Harry gets ready to throw the lamp again or hit him in the head with the lamp, either one. But instead, as he rears back, he hits his henchman in the eye and knocks him for a loop. And then fate punches hairless Harry. Next, um, I'm not really sure why, but Harry is half out of the window, half in the car, holding the lamp and with a mighty uppercut that says a red bubble with lines drawn radiating from it it didn't say anything but that's what the punch that's what the punch sounded like the red bubble with lines fate gives him an uppercut and says i won't deny that the lamp has brought it to you with a little help from me as they were talking about bad luck in the previous panel much later at tupper's home we're told we see tupper and dane right was that the first dude's name yeah dane then we see Hairless Harry and the hench, the henchman that was with him. We don't see the third henchman or the policeman anymore. So I don't know where they went. Maybe the policeman took him on in. But we've got all this, and they're having a conversation. And in the course of the conversation, Dr. Fate realizes that Tupper must have... St- uh, that the jewels in the lamp are fake. And so all of this must have been set up by or by Dane, not Tupper, by Dane, the original possessor of the lamp. Uh, It was a fake, and he talked up the story and how he came by it and everything like that in order to sell it for a lot of money. So now Dr. Fake grabs him for faking the lamp. He has Hairless Harry for trying to steal the lamp, and poor Tupper is just left, I don't know, maybe he'll get his money back or something like that. I'm not sure. But as final proof that no Pharaoh's curse is involved, observe the jewels. An expert will tell you that they're cut in modern fashion. The lamp isn't Egyptian at all. It's a fake, says Dr. Fate. And Dane says, don't look at me, Dr. Fate. I didn't know. You did know. You pretended to find the lamp in a tomb, and you invented the curse story for the sake of publicity. I'm holding you for the police. And he says, finally, Dane does, and you say that lamp doesn't bring bad luck. What do you think it's brought me? I don't know. These six-page stories are getting uh, more not necessarily coherent as time goes. So, but, but I guess that's the nature of the beast. It's tough to have a solid beginning, middle, middle, and end in in seven pages, right? So, but that's what they're trying to do by keeping Doctor Fate in the book. All right. Next episode, I'll be talking about Dr. Fate's story in More Fun Comics 98. I'll talk to you guys then. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.